Sabrina Firminger here. Before we get started with today's episode, I would love to tell you about what's new with our friends at StoryHive. Since 2013, Tell Us StoryHive has funded and supported emerging filmmakers with mentorship and guidance from the National Screen Institute, bringing hundreds of films to life from creators across Western Canada. StoryHive is committed to supporting underrepresented creatives and stories, which is why I want you to jump on this new opportunity. Because this time, they're marrying sound and video in their inaugural podcast edition, which drops on November 4th. They're looking for original, nonfiction podcast concept pitches from BC and Alberta residents. Successful pitches will receive $10,000 and customized mentorship to produce the project. Applications are open until December 2nd. Are you eligible? Have you got a great idea? Check the requirements and apply now on storyhive.com. That's storyhive.com. Good luck. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart of the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Firminger, and today I am delighted to welcome Jesse Anthony and her cats to the YVR Screen Scene <laughs> Podcast. Our cats just met each other over the Zoom. <laughs> okay, so Jesse is the filmmaker behind Brother I Cry, which had its world premiere at the 2020 Vancouver International Film Festival. The film won Jesse the award for BC's Best Emerging Filmmaker, and we just found out, this is breaking news, that Jesse has won the Audience Choice Award at Imaginative in Toronto. Brother I Cry centers on John, a young First Nations man who is struggling to overcome addiction and avoid the multiple warrants out on him. But he has several strong women in his corner, his girlfriend, his sister, his mother, and his unborn daughter, all of whom are hoping he can master his demons. Brother I Cry is a story about family, addiction, and the justice system, and the ways in which people can lose themselves in all three of these competing realities. It's evocative without being exploitative, honest without being traumatic, and rich with empathy and emotion. Also, it's beautifully shot and features gorgeous acting and music, and I honestly really love it. Brother I Cry is Jesse's first narrative feature, and if it's any indication about what she'll bring to us in the future, well, it's given me hope that there is going to be beautiful art for us after the dumpster fire that is 2020 is over. Jesse Anthony, welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Thank you so much, Sabrina, for having me uh, and for all your wonderful words about my movie. <laughs> it's been quite a magical moment this past little while. Yeah, and magical. And we are, while we talk about this moment, we are still in the midst of 
a pandemic, you know? So I, I, we will get into the, to the nuts and bolts and nitty gritty and art of the film, but I, I would love to start by first asking you how you're doing with the pandemic and also like, what's it been like to release something that is clearly a labor of love, you know, into, in, in the middle of a global pandemic that has changed the way that, you know, we go to the theater and that we share space with each other, you know, during a film festival. Yeah, um, I would say, you know, we were in post, we've been in post for the last year. And I think, you know, we were hyped about, oh, this is our festival run, we're going to get to travel to all these amazing places. But we've just had to adjust, you know, adjust to the online. I was so stoked that we were still able to have a social distancing uh, theater premiere at Van City Theater in Vancouver, oh, which was amazing because it was really the first time I got to sit and see it on such a huge screen and watch people's reactions and you know take it all in um you know and I saw things in the movie for the first time since I had been editing it so it was a, it was a great experience um so been dealing with COVID and in, in a you know I think the best way that I can um definitely miss family uh mm. I grew up in Six Nations in Ontario and I've been on unceded territories here in, in the west coast for the past eight years and I frequently would I would go home quite a bit so it's been the longest I was away from home but mm. fortunately I was able to visit in September for a little bit and then um yeah and then we had our premiere here which was yeah it's really amazing and then now my family just got to watch it through Imaginative oh. and you know unfortunately I didn't get to have that um, you know red carpet experience or theater experience with them but you know hopefully there will be more to come and we'll get that but uh, yeah just working around COVID the best we can. Hopefully there will be more to come. There's amazing stuff in your future. I can feel it. There, were, there are so many red carpets waiting you. Um, and before we go on uh, I did mention cats. People want to know so you have you have two cats and, and uh, yeah, and uh, I, I met one of them named Hi, H-I-G-H. And, and who's your other cat? So just got another kitten and his name is Lunx. And Lunx, uh, so Gunnar Lunkwa means I love you. And so between me and my friend, we always say Gunnar Lunx. And so I decided to name my kitty Lunx, short form for basically I love you. Those are great names. I'm, I'm so happy. I can't, I'm going to see this. If that's like the one amazing thing to come out of, of COVID and recording over COVID is that I get this in, I get to, I get to meet somebody pets. I get to see people's cats and dogs and, and fish. Somebody had a snake. It's been intense, you know? So, uh, okay. Let's talk about brother. I cry, which I, I watched over. Um, I watched it on my laptop. I, Wish that I had the chance to score some tickets, but they were those socially distant tickets were very hard to come by. Um, you know, I would love to see this on the big screen. I hope that I have the opportunity in the future. But you know, congratulations and thank you so much for this film. Um, so let's talk about then the what was the inspiration for Brother I Cry? We're starting well, with the, the big question. Inspiration. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, the inspiration for this film actually came from a dream that I had about my brother overdosing and not being able to find his body. So he came to me in the dream as spirit and he was telling me like, sister, I don't know where I am. I need you to find me, but I do know that I've overdosed. And so in my dream, I was traveling around the territory, going to all these known drug houses that I only know of because of my brother and looking for him. 
And when I woke up in the morning, I just had this overwhelming feeling that this is my reality. It wasn't a dream. It was more so a foreshadow of like what's to come. And so it just sat with me and I had to write a story. Um, I keep saying that I did it for my graduating um, film, but really I was trying to get into Whistler Film Festival, uh, a native fellowship program that they had. So I wrote 18 pages. Unfortunately, I wasn't accepted, but I still had 18 pages of this, of this project that I just had had the dream and really needed to get out there. And so with those 18 pages, I then had to come up with a story for my graduating play. And I was like, I already got a whole bunch of pages. So my teacher at the time, you know, she's going through it and she's like crossing out all these scenes and she's like, nope, nope, nope. And I'm standing there like, oh goodness, what? What's wrong with it? And eight, I didn't realize at the time 18 pages means it's going to be about a 20 minute project, mm -hmm. whereas I needed it to be six minutes. So we got it down to six pages. Um, and from there, I got to, you know, do a, sh a student film and, and with the student film, I submitted that to LA Skins um film festival and, and it just just to have a premiere just to see it um and then i took that and chopped it up into a trailer and i pitched to telefilm at the time it was the micro budget so there was only nine applicants across the nation that applied and i was one of two that received a telefilm talent to watch for 125,000 to shoot the feature. So now I was like, oh, I have to write a feature film. <laughs> so so I, I took the concept, of course. I, I had such a clear idea of what it was supposed to be though. I knew the end story. I knew these things I wanted to showcase because I've gone through them. Like it's inspired by my brother, but each scene is a representation of something in my life, you know, and each character is pieces of me and mm. my, and I, and I talked about it, like the, the, there's a scene where, um, you know, they talk about sexual abuse. That's my personal story. And I, I was able to put that in, into my movie, you know, and put it out there and talk about intergenerational trauma. So I know I'm rambling, but the inspiration came from my own experiences. It came from my brother. It came from spirit world, came from a dream all, all together, all in all at these different times that led up to, okay, I, I just, I got to get it out. I have to write it. So Okay, one, in no way are you rambling at all. Uh, two, um, I, so I'm just flabbergasted. You're ra like, you think you're rambling and I feel like I'm speechless because you pretty much like skipped over in a lot of ways, you know, the graduate from film school and then make like 10 short films and then kind of ease into it. You know, it's like literally like this, what this grew from your, fi your final short film project, you know, into a feature and one, wow, two, that's bonkers. Three, did you have anybody, you know, who, who, any naysayers or anybody who is like, no, you know, you should really make some more, more short films um, because, you know, making a feature is hard. And also like, you're, you're telling a story that's so deeply personal, like that's too much too soon. Like, you know, and, and, and if so, how did you deal? Or did you even have any of those thoughts yourself? Like, this is bonkers, Jesse, what am I doing? <laughs> Yeah. Well, in my first year, in my first year of film school, um, because I, I majored, like I majored in, in performing arts, like I, I wanted to be an actor, that was my thing, I wanted to be a 
theater actor. I wanted to be on stage. I wanted to do theater. Um, since I was five, though, apparently I used to always say I was going to make movies. Like, since I was young, I used to say I was going to make movies. I didn't know what that meant. I just knew I was going to do it. Yeah. But as I started growing, it was like, oh, I want to perform and be an actress in theater. And then it was like, wait a minute, acting for film and television. So I had went to Vancouver Film School. And in Vancouver Film School, they kept um, the, the instructors were very adamant on like, make your own work, be consistent. As an actor, you're going to need to make your own work. And so that's what really pushed me to seek out making my own work. And I had heard through the grapevine a little bit about Doreen Manuel and the Indigenous Independent Filmmaking Program. Yeah. So I applied and she had called me up and she's like, you're accepted. And I was like, amazing. So I went, I only had three days to like or four days to drive from Six Nations to Vancouver. Um, <laughs> I packed my what? cat up and we drove out. Yeah, and then um, from day one, from day one, I was just so, I've never been a good student. Like, I've never been a high marking grade or a high graded student. Like, I've always just passed with a 50 and that's great. Um, just because of so many different things in my life, mm. it was like, as long as we're getting through this, but I was getting a 4.0 GPA in my class, and I was like, I never thought I'd go to university, one, let alone get a 4.0 GPA. Like, that was just blowing my mind. But it was because I was so interested in what, was, what I was learning yeah. um, that in my first year, I had heard about the Telefilm Talent to Watch program, and I worked on my friends, um, P.D. Shalafu. They had gotten a Talent to Watch for their uh, feature film at the time and they asked me what I would like to work on on that project and I said I'd like to work in the AD department uh, so I got to kind of see behind the scenes how a micro budget worked and I always knew I was gonna do this I just something in me was like we're gonna apply for this and we're gonna get it and you're gonna I don't know something just said keep going and to be honest if somebody told me I couldn't do it it would just make me um, want to do it even more. Like mm. I, I would question, well, why, why can I not do this? Uh, so <laughs> there are times in my own space where I'm like, you're nuts. Why, why are you, 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 sh maybe you should have shot a couple of shorts just to understand, you know, our lines or this or that. But I think I had a pretty good idea being an AD, um, Ha being an AD and having seen how things work to yeah. apply that to, because I also was the first AD on Edge of the Knife um, oh. from Haida Gwaii. Yeah. So I spent six weeks, you know, with that project. And um, so I learned, I, I learned, I watched, I observed, I learned um, such great, talented, you know, directors and, and um, producing teams that it was nice when I came to you know, picture on mine, I had a solid team and I had a great producer who, who was my cinematographer, who really supported the idea and didn't, didn't tell me I couldn't do something. Can we didn't shout really out who question. your cinematographer DP was? Cause yeah, Andy Hodgson. Andy Hodgson will be coming on the podcast very soon to talk about uh, his new film. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm, a, we are such a fan of, of his, his work here. And also, you know, he's really pushing himself now as a filmmaker as well. So, and you also had Red Heartbreaker as you do your music. And I'm such a fan of Red's. And she's my voice teacher. I love Red. <laughs> well, Andy and I, Andy and I, Andy and I just did a short film um, I produced and he, it's his direct, it's his first uh, film that he's directed, which is El Color Negro. So that's been out. Um, yeah. And we're, you know, it's beautifully, it's a beautiful statement. And I think um, 
I think he has such a great creative eye and yeah, I can't like, we're already looking at working on our next project. So amazing. What Um, an amazing time. Um, mm -hmm. you know, given that this film is based upon people from your life, events from your life, like what did you do to honor the story while also like protecting your privacy? Like did the fact that this is based on a true story help or hinder the process of making the film? Well, because the story isn't just based on one person, I think that helped me create, create, um, you know, space for, to respect the space and respect the the people that, you know, these experiences may have, um, that have, that I've experienced these, these situations with. Now, my brother is very aware that, you know, it's inspired by him and that in the long run, that a lot of it is shaped towards my experience with his addiction, my, my own, you know, my own experiences, my relationship, um, and the whole time that I was, fearing my brother passing my sister my my she was my first cousin but my she was um like my person my best friend my sorry i'm so emotional about it because she's she passed uh, it's been four years now to fentanyl and so i was right in the midst of doing all of this and when i was so focused on him you know she she had overdosed and and it took a toll like it it takes that was another thing that made me say I need to tell this story because I know I'm not the only person and and I know it's a ripple effect and so what I did a lot in the process um I pray I pray quite a bit I smudge you know I, I take my time to to have that conversation with spirit and I pray that the story that they want me to tell is going to come out the way that it needs to come out and trust that process. So while we were on set, I got gifted actually by my, um, now my junior producer mentee, who was my crafty at the time, Tannis. I'm looking over because we're in production right now. Uh, So I'm looking over at her. She gifted me a nice box um, that had some, medicine and some sage and sweet grass and and so we use that every morning to pray for everybody and offer that that cleansing for everybody and it was available if the content got too heavy that you could step off and you know go and take a moment for yourself and um and uh yeah do a little prayer so i also was a had healing very, as well this experience mm-hmm. of making the film got to be healing not and not just for yourself but for everybody who was involved in making it yeah, I, I mean, I would hope so. I've never, I never asked everybody on the crew if it, how they felt about that, but I do know that there were times when, you know, my, my script supervisor, she's watching the scene and she's crying because it's, it's reminding her of people in her life, right? And so I'm like, yeah. okay, this is resonating, so keep going, keep going, you know? Um, but yeah, taking care of each other and holding space and making sure that we know if you're having a bad day or something's happening to let everybody else know so that we can adjust. Uh, yeah. So communication. Um, I know not to say, I'm not, not to say that. Um, I mean, we were also filming in an old residential school. So we did prayer to the residential school as well to, to say like, we're here to do good things. We're here to create something good, even though the content has some demon, you know, has some elements of supernatural we're here to do good. So, um, yeah, things like that. Wow. Thank you for sharing all of that. You know, and it it really kind of ties back into what I noticed watching the film and what I felt watching it, you know, because often films that have, um, that explore drug addiction, uh, 
especially if they're told by people who don't have any background in it, can feel exploitative. And it can feel like you're just like, Here, here's some trauma, you know? And yet this was, it, it really, I got a lot of empathy out of it, you know, that it was to, to I might not agree with everything they're doing, but I understand why. And it, it has it had a lot of, of heart. And then I, I know that I'm going to be carrying this film with me and my bones moving forward. So, you know, I, 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 I love to hear that you were, that that was important for you to, to have that, that space for people who were involved in it and that that heart was put into it. I do want to talk a little bit about your casting, which was phenomenal. Um, we have Lauren Hill, we have Violet Cameron, Eric Schwieg, Jay Cardinal Villeneuve, Odessa Shakaya, Shakaya, Shakaya. Yeah, Shakaya. Gorgeous name. And also we have Justin Rain in the central role of John. So I want to talk a bit about John specifically because everybody, I mean, it's an interconnected, it's a family story, but Justin had a really big, big task as well. Um, you know, connecting everybody and, and you know, inspiring empathy, even when you don't agree with him or there are t times where I'm like, I don't like that he's doing that. Um, so what were you looking for when you were casting the role of John? Well, uh, to be honest, um, hmm. okay, so when I was casting for John, I was looking for somebody that really made me feel like I was looking at my brother, mm. um, like just characteristics. And, jo and Justin and I, um, we worked for the past few years together uh, in Merritt at a, we would do a kids film camp. So that's where I, I met him and Eric. Uh, well, I knew Eric from prior from my cousin, but um, yeah, we worked together making kids, uh, doing film with kids in this community. And so he had known I was doing this project. And when the script was ready, he asked if he could read it. And I said, sure. And I said, I wanted to cast, you know, a Haudenosaunee man and, and put him in the, in the role. And the people who auditioned were great. And I was actually torn between two and I'm like, okay, you know, they made it to this round of, but it was still missing something that Justin naturally just carried with him. Yeah. And so, mm -hmm. you know, he, he put it out there that he, he liked the, that he really enjoyed the script and I was just afraid. And honestly, I was like, I can't afford him. Justin's, you know, he's union, he's this, he's that. I just, he deserves to be paid that, you know, I'm like, yeah. I just can't afford him. But we negotiated, he negotiated cause he wanted the role. And I was so thankful. I was so thankful because he's a hard worker. He does his homework and he came with experience, like experience from his own, his own journey. And so he, he also made room and he would pull me aside and he would say, is this what you want? Is this what you want? Is this what you want? I don't care about anybody else. Is this what you want? And so he, he kept me on this path. And even at the end, um, so we, I wanted to go to picture draft seven, you know, and, and we were kind of thinking of altering the end. And he took me aside and he said, this isn't what I signed up for. <laughs> and he's like, um, is this what you want? Because I'll do it. He's like, but you already had a strong script. And so he really just voiced, he was able to voice his opinion and he was very respectful of like, if I've crossed the line, you tell me, you know? And so I, I appreciated that though, because mm -hmm. I'm like, this movie is a collaborative. And even though I wrote it and it's coming from these experiences and I'm directing it, these are people that are bringing it to life in so many different ways, cinematically, you know, with the acting, like all around the sound, everything. So it's like, their voice matters in this and I want that I want to talk about that collaboration and so anyways 
he just had such a, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to, ex like, I don't even know what to call it. I just knew that this was supposed to be the person and, and I casted him. I, I made the decision and I casted him. Well, I, I'm I cast so him. glad you did. I mean, I felt like I was watching a, a real family as well. Like I could feel the love, even though people were not agreeing with each other at all ever. You know, I really felt like I was right. like, I was watching like some real people who care about each other and love each other, even when they're, they're saying the opposite or doing the, you know, taking actions that, you know, I don't want to give any spoilers too. People need to see. I know, film. right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other thing too is Lauren was already cast. Like she, she was um, Ava in the short film I did in, in school. So yeah. I knew um, when I watch Lauren act, she just has the subtle raw performance that just for me, I, I'm drawn and I lean in and I want to know a little bit more, you know? Yeah. So she was always going to be Ava. And from there, I was like, um, I did have a few people in mind for, for the mom. But when I saw Odessa, I was like, you guys could totally pass this family. <laughs> you know, there's like, could. they just look, and that's important for me to characters to also resemble, you know, the family and the best that they possibly can. And so, yeah, with, uh, and then Eric, he enjoyed the script. And I think because Justin was already on board, they have such a great chemistry and a great relationship that it just, it was a no brainer. I'm like, he's going to come on. He's a strong, like, Oh my God, Eric Schweig's in my movie. I know. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> and he's so great. And then we did have somebody else that I flew out to be the role of Leah. And it unfortunately didn't work out. And so uh, Justin had sent me two other actress, actresses uh, audition tapes. And, you know, he put a call out. And I watched them both. They were great. But Violet just Ugh. stood out like she... I just thought, how come, she, how come I didn't have her in the audition, like in the initial auditions, but she just brought this, I don't know, like, again, it's, it's, I can't explain it. She brought her A game and there was just so many things that she um, resonated with. And even when we were on set, she would stop and say, am I, am I, am I doing okay? Is this what you're, is this what you want to like, like is this okay? You're, you're like, like, yes, you're fantastic. <laughs> yes. You're fantastic. Just keep, keep up with that. Yep. So yeah, what I wrote down Jay, my, note, my note for her was sweetness and fire, you know, yes. like, like she's full of love that, and she's nice sweet, but you can day. see the, the fire in her yeah. eyes too. Well, she had that nice mix of like, um, yeah, of sweet and like that fire, that ball of fire and, and scared. Like there was this, yeah. she brought this scared tension of like, I'm in love with this person, but I know I should, I know this is, I deserve better. And it all not underline the whole time. Right. Yeah. And that comes from a previous relationship. My whole, like, I was just like, what am I doing in this thing? Yeah. You know? Um, and then Jay. So I had my eye on a LA actor for Jay's role, uh, but I didn't hear back. And so Jay had sent in a self tape. And as soon as I was like a 30 seconds into his self tape, I'm like, no, that's, that's Martin. There's nobody else. It, like it's, I don't, I get this sensation and I yeah. trust the goosebumps. Like I it's trust a tough them. role to cast so, eh? because it's the, it's, I mean, 
ostensibly it's the villain role, but like these are people, I mean, he's a person and he exists in, I mean, in life, you know, like the, the enabler, you know, but also the wounded person as well, you know, and it's tough because yeah. you don't want to go full, oh, like, let's just do the, the stereotype, the caricature of, of, you know, who this guy would be, right? So, mm-hmm. and like Jay definitely lifted the, the role above, above, above the possibility of that, you know, cause I'm like, I kind of hate him and like him. I mean, I hate him, yeah. but like, I could see how he could, that people could actually like, want to be, want to be his friend, you know, he could probably yeah. convince me to do bad things. I damn it. Yeah. I mean, and, and Jay's a great guy. Like he, he's a neighbor actually down the road from the corner. Um, and I see him all the time. <laughs> Literally, I see him actor. all the time. But yeah, he, he just was, I knew he could go to these places that I needed him to go to without judgment. And, um, and, and him and Justin also had a great relationship to play around and offer, you know, offer things up. So, um, I, I think I got really lucky. And, and that's also where I think prayers, you know, I, one of my biggest prayers was let the right people come to the project, please. Like, that's what I'm asking for. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So how do you think this, the experience of making Brother I Cry will, will change you, has changed you as a filmmaker, as a storyteller, moving forward into 2021 beyond? Um, hmm, that's a good question. I think, well, first of all, when I won the BC Emerging Filmmaker Award, um, I called my mom and I cried for about 30 minutes. And well, actually, I knew a few days prior, I just couldn't say anything. So when they announced it, I was on set and I was kind of by myself and I was like, Oh my God, it's happening. And then that evening I called my mom and I cried for about a half an hour because I won just kept going to like, wow, I always said as a kid, I wanted to make films. And then I'm just a little res girl. I'm just, I was just a res kid and a res girl that wanted to do this. And I just kept going. And I think there was that moment and allowing permission to be proud of myself to say like you know you you got help yes but you you were consistent and you did these things regardless of you know what statistics or what was in your way and you persevered and it was just kind of a reminder to myself but at the same time crying to my mom being like do I deserve it you know like the whole imposter syndrome setting in just because you know, the system's not set up for us to, to, to win or, or to move forward. And so, yeah, there was a moment there where I was like, is this real life? Is this happening? Um, and that I was allowed to be proud of, of myself and that I was proud of my family and my community because I wouldn't be who I am without, um, you know, everything that's happened in my life and where I come from and, and all of that stuff. So overwhelming amount of gratitude as well. So I don't know if I answered your question, but uh, what will it do for me as a filmmaker is carrying that feeling, carrying that feeling of, I want to tell stories that, you know, um, that uplift our people that, uh, I want to tell all kinds of stories and I want to, 
do that with love. Like, I, I love what you had said where you didn't feel like you were watching this trauma piece because I was nervous that I might have been misrepresenting. But it came from love and it came from a place of, I can't save my brother and I can't save anybody that's addicted to, to anything, but I can say something and I can, I can let other people know they're not alone. And I think that was the biggest thing. And moving forward, I want to continue that. When I make stories, I want to do it for the community. I want to do it for the unity. I want to do it to know that we're in this together. And, and, and you know, it's, yeah, that, that's a good question. <laughs> Thank you. I try um, to have at as least a producer, one. <laughs> well, I'm stumped because I'm like, you know, I, I'm right now I'm in production. We go to camera in a, in a week for a web series that I'm producing. You know, I'm, I might not be in the creative uh, seat of that, but I am definitely producing that with uh, Mary Galloway. And <gasps> Mary I'm Galloway! We love her yeah, here. Yep. Oh, yay. Yeah. Uh, she's created writing, directing, lead. Um, but we have a team here and, you know, I had an opportunity to mentor a emerging producer. So, you know, there's some opportunities that have come in. We're doing an Indigenous queer story. <clears throat> We're going to live on APTN. So those parts of, you know, some of those things that um, are coming into my career and going, <clears throat> excuse me, how am I as a producer approaching projects? And it's coming from a place, it's really coming from a place of love and, and community and how I talk about my view on how a film set should run. Like I understand the whole um, positions and kind of those militant, like that militant uh, structure. However, yeah. it's all about the attitude of who's in those positions. And there's no reason that we need to have a hierarchy that makes people, you know what I mean? We yeah. should have these positions and have these roles, but be in a circle and see each other at the same eye level. And that's how you create stories that, that are powerful and, and move forward because you are valuing everybody that's on that project in the role that they do, because you know, you, you can't, you, you can't do this without this. You can't do this without this. And so understanding community and putting that in filmmaking is how I want to move forward as a filmmaker. Amazing. Wow. I am, I am so excited and grateful that you, you trusted your instincts, that you listened to that voice that you, that, and that you took these steps. I'm so excited to see where you go. I, I am excited to have you and Mary in here when the, the series is ready to launch. Um, it has been a pleasure hosting you today, Jesse Anthony. So um, where can our listeners find you, follow, follow you, celebrate you or your projects on the social media? Oh, uh, yeah. So on Instagram, I have Onondaga Productions or Pass Through Productions. Um, and uh, also Brother I Cry Film. So that's on Instagram. Um, and then on Facebook, I have Brother I Cry or just Jesse Anthony is, is the Facebook. Okay, great. And we will have links to all of that in our footnotes. Thank you so much again. I Honestly, keep us posted because we are so, we, the royal we, me, there's so many people who are so excited about the work that, that you're putting out there and uh, anything you need, we are here for you because honestly, I want to see, I just want more, I want more Jesse Anthony on my screen. Thank so, you. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you so much. <laughs>
Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVR Screen Scene. The YVR Screen Scene podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, Sabrina Furminger. And it's edited by Simon Furminger. Special thanks to Mariana Furminger for recording our Patreon ad and to Tyson Braddock and Paul Furminger. Yes, Jesse, we are a family business. <laughs> for technical support and to Dane, not Furminger, Devale for the original music. YBR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! Are you one of those, I really want to start a podcast, people? Well, we've got a huge opportunity to share with you. Our friends at StoryHive are giving away 10 grants of $10,000 each to aspiring podcasters in BC and Alberta. Since 2013, Tell Us Story Hive has funded and supported emerging creators with mentorship and guidance from the National Screen Institute, bringing hundreds of creative Western Canadian projects to life. This time, they're taking to the airwaves with their inaugural podcast edition, dropping on November 4th. They're looking for original, non-fiction podcast concept pitches from BC and Alberta residents. Apply before December 2nd at storyhive.com and you can get $10,000 to get your podcast off the ground. That's storyhive.com for all the details.